Episode of Wrestle Champs. Ding, ding, ding. Oh, ding, ding, ding. Ding, ding, ding. What are you talking about? Yeah, you talking about your dick or are you talking about the bell sound? What are we talking well, about? That'd be ding dong. It'd be ding dong if I was talking about King Kong. But okay, ding, ding, ding. It. Ding, ding, right. ding is the wrestling. Ding, 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 ding. All right. What's going on, everybody? I got to say, bro, I did check out the intro, man. That shit is pretty tight. Nice little ditty you got there, you know what I mean? Fantastic. All right, that was the like first it. time I heard it the other day. I did go back and listen to every episode, though. That was pretty cool. I was wondering where those listens yeah. came from. Oh, really? Where? Hey! hey you know, back, 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 at back. least you're getting more, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's a good, sweet deal. So, today we gather in the ring to talk about uh, some of... You know, some of the, you know, I guess if it happened to you, you don't really like talking about it. But I think as a wrestling fan, you know, the injuries always kind of stick out pretty deep. Yeah, I mean, you got, you got, I mean, there's injuries that happen all the time. If you watch a wrestling match, you could probably see an injury in every one that you watch. Mm-hmm. But we're talking about, like, we're talking about, let me make that shit Turn it down for that. I heard that a lot on the other show. It was a ghost. We had an electronic yeah. ghost with yeah. us, ladies and gentlemen. I think we'll be all right, though. Yeah, but every five minutes, you know, I don't want to hear that shit. No. Well, anyway, we're talking about injuries like um, injuries, sustainable, you know, sustainable injuries, or whatever that fucking word is. I'm high, all right? Sustainable injuries. Uh, we're talking about, uh, we're going to talk about, like, the... The Owen Hart tombstone incident that broke Stone Cold's neck, or we're gonna talk about when Sid Vicious jumped off the second rope and his leg broke clean in two, uh, things like that, you know what I mean? We're not gonna talk about when, like, fucking, you know, like when they stub a toe or they break a finger or shit like that. We're talking about some. We're all not getting the real tombstone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. About that one. So to start off, where do you wanna start? You want me to show well, you, you know, We'll kind of tap and we'll, we'll, we'll crack into it here. Um, first, whenever I think of big injuries, I always, the draws uh, situation always. Oh, 1999. Draw, it was a dark match. It actually, I'm, I think it might have been being taped for SmackDown, if I believe. 1999, yep. Draws versus D'Lo Brown. Now, they had faced off several times before. Draws had, if you look up Draws versus D'Lo, you'll see him take the running powerbomb many times. Always landed correctly, no problem. Yeah. This night, however, was different because Draws happened to be wearing, like, this was the time where he stopped wearing, like, the flannel the ripped flannel pants and he started wearing like fucking like back in the late 90s especially 99 it was cool to wear like fucking sparkly things and like fucking these big hats and fishnets well that's what he started wearing and he came out wearing this fucking 
loose fishnet shirt. Now, for whatever reason, normally he would take the shirt off before the match. For whatever reason, this, this match, he did not. He left the shirt on. They went into the spot. Uh, according to, this is per Dilo. Uh, if you look it up, you hear him say the same thing. So I'm not spinning anything that I don't know. Um, he went to pick him up and couldn't get a correct grip on the shirt. Still went, he thought he had him good enough. Went forward with the move. As soon as Jaws landed on his head, he was immediately paralyzed from the neck down. There was no movement whatsoever. He, I mean, even if you look up the, 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 the do not, uh, try this at home vignettes that WWE was putting out in the mid 2000, uh, early to the mid 2000s, you'll see a shot of Jaws being taken out on a stretcher. That's the only footage of this match that is out in public. This match is in a vault along with many other things like the death of Owen Hart. And a bunch of other stuff that is labeled do not view, duplicate, or destroy. Um, I don't think it will ever be. I don't think we'll ever. I would never want to see it. But I'm glad that WWE did the right thing. And they've basically taken care of Jaws ever since. Yeah. Uh, he actually for a long time was on. I don't know if he still is under contract. But I know he was for a very long time. I know that he... Uh, uh, was a columnist for WWF, WWE.com back in the day. And I know he's still alive because they just did, I think they did some kind of episode about it on Dark Side of the Ring. I know I seen it on there or something. And D'Lo, he almost retired over that, man. He almost quit. A lot on him, I remember. Uh, Draws told him not to. He said, hey, brother, accidents happen. He held no ill will. And D'Lo has been a friend to Draws ever since. And every time you see an interview with D'Lo and he gets asked about it right away, the tears come in his eyes. He feels so bad because I believe Draws, even though Draws, and I'm sure we'll do a Draws episode sometime down the line. Yeah. Because there's a lot that you could say about Draws. Cause, but anyway, he, uh, I don't ever see Darren Draws off ever. If that never happened, I can't say that he would have ever been a top guy like a Roman Reigns or a John Cena or even a lower, you know what I mean? Even like a fucking mid, I could, maybe he could have been Intercontinental Champion or Tag Team Champion or something like that. Yeah. I'm not saying he couldn't have been a champion, but as far as with that gimmick, a world champion. Gimmick was kind of above. Nah, I don't, especially with the gimmick he was rocking, the half goth slash piercer gimmick. I mean, his first gimmick was when Yo, he had the, he had the, yeah, he had the, he had the, um, he was able to puke on command or whatever. He's got, he's got a yeah. yeah, if you've ever seen Beyond the Mat, you yeah. know what Matt is referencing to. Um, and so at first he was brought in as puke. He was the buddies of the Legion of Doom. And then for a while, he was, before he did that, he was in ECW as part of a WWF invasion stable that they were doing at the time. But yeah, that injury ended his career, needless to say. And he's been paralyzed ever since. But WWE did the right thing and they took care of him. Or to this day, I'm sure, still take care of him. And. 
I mean, he's still in good spirits. If you ever look up draws on YouTube, you'll see Brandon, all this random things that he's done over the years, and, and you can't recognize him anymore. He doesn't look anything like he used to. But right. he's fucking, he doesn't hold any over. Oh, okay. Here it is. It's the Brawl for, the Brawl for All episode of Dark Side of the Ring, because he yeah. was in that tournament draws, and that was, he, Fucking to this day, he's positive and he doesn't hold any ill will towards anybody. So yeah, that was a very bad injury. Sure, you know, and I feel bad for D'Lo all the same because he had to deal with that. He almost gave up his career because he of that. Did realistically? Not really. He's for. I mean, like to, 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 the direction that it was going in. At least he was a big deal. He was. Uh, big yeah, deal. but after that, he still. I mean, he was. The Europe, to me, the European title, even though the British guys like British Bulldog and Shawn Michaels, who were the first two champions, have held the belt, to me, the European title is synonymous with D'Lo Brown. Yeah. And after that injury, he went on to be, again, the European champion, and he held the Intercontinental title at yeah. the same time. And I believe he even had a tag, tag team title or two in there. I might be wrong about that, but I'm pretty sure. But D'Lo... He stayed around in the mid to, you know, but back in them days, yeah, when he was part of the nation and shit, that's when he was, oh, you know, that was the highest he ever got in yep. my eyes. But he stayed around for a while, dude. Right behind the scenes. Like, yeah, and then he went to fucking uh, TNA a couple of times. He went over there. So, yeah, D-Lo had a pretty good career for and, himself. Uh, yeah, the D-Lo deal, like, I guess if you, were to th- if you were to throw blame on the incident, which you wouldn't want to do, but you would probably have to say that it would be... Draws. Draws. It draws for, wearing, for keeping that shirt on. You should have plucked it, yeah. He doesn't... He, but see, that's the thing. He doesn't even know why he didn't take the shirt off. The energy. You just don't think of stuff like that. You know, because a lot of guys wrestle in T-shirts. To this day, a lot of guys do. Right. And... I've never, I mean, maybe because it wasn't a t-shirt, maybe because it was fishnet, I don't know. But yeah, that was, I would call that, if we're doing a top 10 here, I would say that's number 10, for sure. We gotta do, I think we got a little more than 10 to go through, there's so many, you'll probably... Well, that's that's just an example, you know, I was just saying, if we're doing a top 10, to me, that would be... And I didn't, I didn't catch it on SmackDown when it happened. No, it didn't air. It never yeah, aired. Right. It never uh, aired. It was supposed to, but they never aired it. It's never been viewed. Yeah, there is a lot of uh, Devo draws matches on YouTube that a few of them try to, you know, quick beat. Like, you know, this match, you know. I always assumed it was him doing the lowdown and it, that, that went wrong. That's what I heard, at least. That was well, I, that's what it's called. The low, I, I believe. Isn't that the frog splash thing he does? No, the frog splash is... No, no, no. That's the lowdown. The sky high is yeah. the running powerbomb. He called it the sky high. I got to... I remember back in my backyard wrestling days, I had a finishing move called the heads up, which was when you'd get him in the razor's edge and you'd throw him out and then sit down catch, with him. Catch his dick in your mouth on the way down? Well, if they were really nice, if they were good performers, and they deserved it, I would. Uh, okay, and right. there was one time I was wrestling a kid that was really light and I wasn't thinking, and he, he went too far. He so border I tossed him. his ass. I over-tossed him, but I had to grab him quick and pull him in. And I remember he he almost landed almost in the same position that this, that, uh you know, Draws landed in. 
you butter talk. You, dude, well, I think I told a story one time. I forget where, but one time I was doing some backyard wrestling shit in the woods. Yeah. And I got speared in the tree, and I thought I broke my fucking ankle, bro. And, yeah. It's real when you get in yeah. it. It's but that, I, I would it. call it, speaking of number nine, bro, here's one that's probably not on that list. Yeah. But I believe we talked about it once. Sure. It was a Saturday night's main event, I believe 1986. Jake the Snake Roberts was with the Dragon Steamboat. Fucking straight up DDT on the concrete. Because at the time they didn't have mats. There was no yeah. mats around the side. Jake did not want to do it. He did not want to DDT Ricky on that. He said, it'll kill you. Yeah. like, no, I got it. I'll protect myself. Dude, you can hear the smack. It sounded like somebody fucking put a dynamite in a watermelon, bro. Or dropped a watermelon from high up, and that shit splattered, dude. His fucking head swelled up immediately. When Roberts went to pick him up, dude, he was dead weight. Yeah, yeah. And he was out. Homie was out. And yeah. the only reason why I bring that up real quick, and then that's not even the video that I just watched before this, but that just flashed in my head, and I was like, God damn. When, yeah. when I was thinking of injuries in the ring, I was thinking of Roberts and Macho Man with the fucking snake, with the snake. Yeah, you even can't really was, call that an injury, though. Cause even that though was, it was planned. It was Randy planned. No, it was Randy's idea. Yeah, and he, but he got the fact that he got him like multiple times. But I the one mistake that they made was the, the snake would not let go. If you right. watch, you see Jake shake the yeah, snake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Down. I remember. Like, oh. That was like one of the most fucking brutal things I've seen in my life. Bro, as time. a kid? Yeah. Seen, okay, bro. Bro. Okay. Right after that. Yeah. Roberts is holding the snake, and you see a shot of the Undertaker doing the thing with his hand. At the snake, like he remember when he would kneel the Paul Bear? Well, he's doing that. To, he's not kneeling, but he's doing that with his arm, and he's rolling his eyes back in his head. As a kid, scared the fuck out of me. Yeah, dude. Undertaker in the early nineties. I had never had any more nightmares about anybody in my life than I did the Undertaker as a kid. I tell you, when he when he really had that that gimmick of the the, the red hair. But what the, ruined the Undertaker stuff. for me? Real quick was when I seen was when I no way before that when I seen what ruined the mistake the mystique of the Undertaker and nobody even talk nobody even talks about this anymore nobody even brings this up but he was in Suburban Commando oh shit he filmed that movie before he even debuted as the Undertaker the movie came out after his debut right yeah I saw the movie. As soon as I saw it as The Undertaker, it ruined it. It ruined The Undertaker for me. For a long time, it yeah. ruined The Undertaker. Because in the movie, they gave him like a Mike Tyson sounding voice in one scene. Yes, that's true. And it just, pretend he's the, just pretend he's the dude from uh, Police Academy that like loves guns. Uh, I think Police Academy, I think of the blonde officer with the big tits. Rest in peace. Oh yeah, R.I.P. Yeah, but she had a nice rack. Sorry, Jasmine, if you watch this, I love you. But yeah, uh, so that yeah, that that I was curious. I always thought it was the lowdown of what got him. So yeah, one of the throw the throwing power bomb there. Yeah, the sky high, I believe. Sky high, great names, great names. Oh yeah, Dilo was very you know 
militant with a lot of his shit. But if you want to talk injuries, now here we go. All right. Yo. Uh, 19, I think it's 1995 at ECW. Chris Benoit versus Sabu. <coughs> Simple spot. I believe it was a bad drive spot. Sabu lands directly on his neck. Yeah. Breaks his neck. Broken neck, yeah. That's where Chris got the name The Crippler. And Paul Heyman gave him First the idea. Time, and Paul Heyman gave him, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> At least for nine years, that was the first time he yeah. got that. But, uh, anyway, that's so bad. Anyway, so Paul Heyman came up with the idea to fucking when they were gonna film vignettes for his character where they would zoom in on his hands and he would be doing like this shit with his hands, like, you know, like going like this with his hands, like it was yeah. so dangerous and shit. And yeah, fucking, they, they made Christopher Mark Benoit made a lot of money off breaking Sabu's neck. And I remember Sabu was so pissed. Right. He still wrestled, bro. He came back with a neck brace like two weeks later, bro. And he would do all his crazy Sabu shit with the neck brace. Sabu's, uh. I hope he's alright, man. I just thought, I just heard a couple weeks ago he got rushed to the hospital for some kind of emergency or something. Yeah, I heard about that. I was gonna yeah. ask him if he knew what the Shout Sabu. No, I don't. Nobody, I don't think anybody does to this day. Well, we've seen, me and Alex did the gathering a couple years back, selling the Boombastic Films movies, and uh, Sabu came up to our, our booth looking for, looking for the drug tent, um, which is where you go, and the gathering is where I guess you go buy your drugs if you want drugs. I feel bad for Sabu. His old lady died like a year That's or two what, ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A genie, yeah. So it was very yeah. So I, hopefully he's not just going balls to the wall to the end type deal. Nah, well he would. That's how. That's what the vibe I get from him. But he he I was kind of hoping that. But yeah, that, I, I believe him breaking his neck was he said when he first got into drugs. Makes sense. You know what I mean? Because they say once you break your neck, you never if you survive it. They say you well, the same again. In wrestling, I always assume that for like. Once you should, once you get a taste of something that takes the pain away, that's like there's so much. Well, that, that's that's business. not just wrestling. That's that's yeah. that's life. That's how I started with pills. You know what I mean? I I took a half a pill one time and I was like, whoa! I like the way that made me sleep. You know, I thought you so. liked it because Jake the Snake Roberts did pills. I nah, bro. No, 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 no. See, I did something else because I like Jake the Snake. You know what I mean? I used to throw snakes in my mouth. You know what I mean? I don't want it's not the type of show. <laughs> More on that later. Uh, new podcast coming. Owen has no friends. Yeah. Uh, and, <laughs> anyway, um, if we're going to talk about bad... Um, injury. Bad yeah. fucking injuries. I mean, we'll get to one of the worst in a few minutes, but we're going to get to one of the one that ties in with something else right now. Uh, SummerSlam 1997. Stone Cold Steve Austin, who was on the ride of his fucking life at this time, he's got a rocket ship basically in his ass getting ready to explode at this point. Um, I mean, I don't think he was any higher than he was in the summer of 97. Yeah. Even though he had an awesome 98, I don't think he was any higher than he was in the summer of 97. And somehow, Owen Hart breaking his neck made him even bigger. Um, so what we're talking about, obviously, is the reverse tombstone pile driver. Now, Owen Hart did this pile driver. When he did the tombstone, he did it the same way. And every time, 
look great. That was not the first time he did that pop positive, which drives my mind when people say, I don't know why he did it like that. He did it every time. The only time I've ever seen Owen Hart do a regular Tombstone positive was at WrestleMania 10 against Brett. I think that was the only time I ever seen Owen Hart do a regular tombstone. Alright. Other than that, he always used to land on his ass because he didn't want to disrespect The Undertaker. Yeah. Because at the time, in the WWF, the only one that did the tombstone was The Undertaker. He did not want to disrespect The Undertaker, so he would land on his ass. Now, Stone Cold, for whatever reason that night, went wrong, he was fucking eat. and Owen Hunt knew right away he was hurt, so you see, if you watch the match right after the positive, you'll see Owen playing to the crowd you know, fucking, now, because the stipulation was, if if Owen Hart uh, beat Stone Cold Stone Cold would have to kiss his ass, literally kiss his ass, Yeah. so he's Going to the crowd, now he's gonna kiss my ass. Meanwhile, he's trying to use the rest attention to see what's going on. You can see the worry in his face, like, it ain't no joke. You Professional see though, yeah. So, next thing you know, Stone Cold somehow comes out of it a little bit. It's the shittiest roll up in the history of wrestling that you'll ever see in your life. It was the one, two, three, fucking, I think, I think Stone Cold said that a little two year old girl could have kicked out of that. You know? Anyway, Stone Cold couldn't. He couldn't even hold up the belt. He couldn't. He he tried to hold the belt. He dropped it. So anyway, now Stone Cold's neck is broken. But the what the the ironic thing is that a lot of people don't know about that seven years earlier in 1990 in Japan, Stone Cold did the same thing to somebody else with the exact same move, <laughs> and I think it was Musawa. Um, I want to say, yeah, Stone Cold, who wasn't really a star at the time. He was starting Steve Austin. Mm. He was working for WCW. He was in Japan doing matches. And he hit one of the guys with a tombstone, broke dude's neck. Finished? Finished. Okay. Didn't even get the finished match. Huh. You know? So seven years later, when it happens to Stone Cold, Stone Cold has the nerve to be mad at Owen Hart, you know, over an accident. You know what I'm saying? But apparently, Owen Hart never hit Stone Cold up afterwards. Be like, yo, my bad, or whatever. And I think that's because Stone Cold, I think that's because Owen Hart felt too much guilt over it. You know what I'm saying? It's a crazy deal to have all those connecting deals, because you got the first, Stone Cold doing it to somebody and finishing them. Then it happens to him, almost finished, but the dude who does it to him has probably one of the most, next to Chris Benoit, probably the most shocking uh, sayonaras in, in wrestling, you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, the most like shocking. Bad, like a bad call. Like mo- like in a my opinion, the Chris Benoit doesn't count because it's not, like- it's not a part of wrestling. You know what I mean? Yeah, he was a wrestler, but what happened to Owen Hart was during a wrestling match. You know what I mean? During a wrestling event. You got the energy. You have all yeah. that energy of what would what would have become the Stone Cold era if that didn't happen. If Stone Cold, got yeah, there. but see, I mean, no, he he definitely would have been. He was on that ride, but he if he would have never landed on his neck, I guarantee you, he would never retire in two thousand three. He would have. He would have 
I think Stone Cold would have been wrestling up until maybe, I mean, he's the same age as Shawn Michaels. Yeah. So probably about 2010, 2011, yeah. somewhere in there. I mean, 2005, he looked like he could go. You know what I mean? When he, when he, at WrestleMania 21, when he came into the ring to do a Piper's Pit with Roddy Piper, Stone Cold looked like he was in the best shape of his life, and he was only 40 years old at the time. You know? How close to the Stone Cold, the Smoke and Skull, Stone Cold thing what was that incident, you know? Do you remember how far away from it was? Um, He, what, SummerSlam between him and his fucking... The big, the big pop-off. That shit, he was right, that's... Right there, right? Right there. I mean, he was already on that ride, bro. It would have happened regardless for him. It would have just lasted longer. He wouldn't have had to take 99. uh, He he wouldn't have had to take the whole year of 2000 off. Was this after the screw job? What? what, No. Yeah. Yes. This is a weird theory. No, it's before. It's before. Because the night of the screw job, Austin wrestled his first match. And he... Because he had to forfeit the Intercontinental title after the injury, obviously. Yeah. And Owen Hart won it back in the tournament. And then at Survivor Series, the night... Actually, the match before the screw job was Stone Cold versus fucking Owen Hart for the title. It was maybe three minutes. Yeah. Because he wasn't really all that ready yet. He wouldn't be ready until about January. And he fucking won the Intercontinental title back. But then two weeks later, he gave it to The Rock. Because he was like, I had bigger fish to fry. And that was his that was his way of saying, all right, now I'm going to be WWF champion. You know, Fair enough, that. I'm say that injury, I mean, he was on TV the next night. Stone Cold. You could almost put a theory together. I mean, they wouldn't let him wrestle, but he was still beating people up. Dude. He was stunning people every week. He was, you know, he was always in the mix of shit. He never went away, and that's, and that's what saved his rise. What, what made, and I don't want to get too far into it because we're talking about injuries, but what made, I mean, I guess it fits in a way, but what made Stone Cold his popularity wane a little bit. The reason why he wasn't when he came back in uh, mid two thousand, you know, September two thousand. Yeah, he wasn't quite as popular. Anymore. I mean, yeah. yeah, he was still, you know, the man and shit. But then they, 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 they did the thing at WrestleMania where they made him turn heel. You know, and he didn't want to turn heel. And he, I mean, he won the title from The Rock with help from Vince Man, and they still cheered him. They tried to do everything they could. They tried to, they changed his character. They made him into a goofball. Yeah. Where he was playing guitar and hugging Vince and... All this weird shit, and then they 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 didn't want the crowd to react to him much anymore, so they took the, they put the the glass shatter out of his out of his music. Yeah, you know at the beginning of his music, oh, yeah. they they took that out because that would always make the crowd pop. And then finally, at the end of two thousand one, he became the the night after Survivor Series when they beat WCW ECW, even though it was basically all WWF guys. Uh, the next night, Stone Cold was a good guy again. Yeah. But he only lasted until WrestleMania 19. Because mm-hmm. he left WWF, he left WWE in 2002. He yeah. walked out because they wanted him to lose to Brock Lesnar. And he said, without any build up, without, no, oh, fuck that. So he walked out. And then he didn't come back until February of 03. And then at, 
he had a match with Eric Bischoff, and then his last match until last year was The Rock at WrestleMania 19. And nobody even knew it. It happened quietly. He, he was on Raw the next night, yeah. and, and he got fired. They never said that he was retired. They never made a thing about him retiring. They never even mentioned Nobody even knew. But it, it kind of made sense when you watch it, because after the match, he did a whole big, you know, leaving entrance thing. You know, his song played like two, three times. And so it kind of looked like he was, you know, but that's only in retrospect. It didn't look like it then. Mm. You know, because he was still in pretty damn good shape and he was only fucking 37 years old. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, right. It's the assassination of the Kennedys of wrestling, the Hart family. Oh yeah. I mean, you also yeah. got Brett you also got Bret Hart, Goldberg kicking kicking the career out of Bret Hart. Yeah, and yeah, Starcade ninety nine and yeah, but you you basically seen that even before that, Brett wasn't doing anything for WCW. He really wasn't. WCW they had the hottest Bret Hart his best year and you know, people might say and yeah, his matches were good. And he was one of the best, you know. Bret Hart always took himself too fucking seriously. I watched Bret Hart from the time I was four years old. Yeah. So his career ended. The best year Bret Hart ever had was 1997. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, that's the best year he ever had. They lost his smile. No, I was Shawn Michaels. Well, he lost it too. But yeah, was, then the screw job happens. He goes in the he goes in the WCW with all this momentum. Yeah. They could have done so many things. They could have done finally Bret Hart versus Hulk Hogan, which everybody always wanted and never got to see. Instead of that, they had Bret Hart become a lackey to the NWO. Never officially the worst Bret Hart never, versus Hulk Hogan. Never officially, never officially joined the NWO. But becomes until 2000, until they tried yeah. their own version of the NWO. But he was never an official member of the original NWO. But he was Hulk Hogan's bitch, basically. You know? And instead of Hogan versus... And they did do one Hogan versus Brent match. There's yeah. one. But it sucked. And it was fucking, like, six years too late. Because by that time, Hulk Hogan's almost 50 years old. He can't really run. He yeah. can't really do any of Bret Hart's spots. You know what I mean? He's a lot bigger than a lot of the dudes. Even at almost 50, he's a lot bigger than a lot of the dudes that Bret had been in the ring with. So Bret couldn't move Hogan like he could other guys. Yeah. You know? Bret getting kicked in the head by Goldberg. Man, that fucked Bret's life up. But that also made him a very bitter, bitter to this day, is probably the most bitter wrestler in the world. Yeah. You know what I mean? I've seen him in person twice, and he is never happy, dude. Even when people are telling him him how great he is, he's fucking got the most morose look on his face. Like, he looks like he just turned around and walked away from... uh, Like, he almost expects it, right? Like, he almost expects to be told that shit. Well, that's the thing about the Kennedys of wrestling, because like he's, you know, you know, for for lack of a better phrase, Brett's been getting his dick sucked forever, 
you know, even not lack him, because I read the whole book to get some dirt on Brent, and the only dirt in his book was just that he got a couple blowjobs in his like his career. He let people get, he let rats, some of them rats, give him some hand, man. Oh yeah, oh yeah, definitely. But yeah. uh, yeah, like well, he is one of the most bitter folks. There's a big conspiracy that they were trying to get him, um, and they did get both of them in the end. They wanted to really hurt Brett. They got his brother. But they got the brother Owen because they almost because the investment of the Stone Cold era was up up in the air when they almost paralyzed, almost fucking cut the Stone Cold thing off. You think DX could have fucking carried, could have carried WWE Attitude Era without Stone Cold? I don't think so, dude. I mean, they kind of did for ninety. No, they were they were right up there as far as fucking merchandise and yeah. They they were neck and neck with Stone Cold, I like to say. Yeah, you're probably right. When we were talking about Sabu earlier, then what's oh. the what's the match where he? Um, oh, you talking? I know what you're gonna talk about when he when he ripped his bicep and he fucking taped that shit shut with the with like the the wood like the like the thin uh, veneer or whatever whatever that is. There was a there was one where he like grabbed the broken table. And like it was really thin, like uh, I, f- I forget the name of the material I used to. Remember. Oh, particle board. No, it was it was like what goes on top of the particle board, and it's really thin and like razor blade. If you if you break it the right way, it's like razor blade. And I remember he grabbed it and it like cut his hand open, and it, you just hear him go, "Ah, fuck!" on camera. It was funny. Oh, it was, well, yeah. yeah, yeah. There's one where, uh, hang on one second, hang on, okay, no, I, I don't do this, but I always remember how painful. Oh yeah, hey, I mean that you know why shit like that always happened to him? Um, it's because he would do all that crazy shit. Yeah, you know what I mean. He, I mean, there, you want to speak about that? There was time where he, okay, actually the same week as SummerSlam '97. Matter of fact, a couple of days later, he did. He he faced Terry Funk for the ECW title in a barbed wire match. No rope yeah. barbed wire match. He went to do a, a fucking corner move. He ripped his bicep open on a barbed wire, taped that shit shut <laughs> with a whole roll of athletic tape, taped it up right as Terry Funk stomping him, and he's taping his arm. All right, as soon as he tapes his arm, he gets right back into it. He spent three months in the hospital behind that shit. The ECW world's got a lot, you know. If he had Almost lost his fucking... Bro, but he would... Rest in peace. Sabu's career is full of a bunch of botches. Dude. Like, you uh, watch a lot of Sabu matches. Yeah. He, he would botch a lot of his... When he would try to do jumping off the chair off yeah, the yeah. rope shit. You know, and then it, he would get mad if the table wouldn't break. There was a bunch of times when he would be so mad at the table... He put himself through it. Like, yeah. you know, Sabu is a crazy motherfucker. He's paying for that shit now, though. Oh, yeah, for sure. Quite literally, right now, as we speak. Speaking of ECW. Yeah, Fucking sir. Living Dangerously, I want to say 2000. New Jack versus Vic Grimes. The finish of the match, they're on this 15-foot scaffold. And they're oh, yeah. going to pull each other off and go through these tables. Well, at the last minute... Vic, Vic Grimes tells New Jack, I don't want to do it. I'm not doing it. New Jack is like, no, we're doing it. And he pulls him. Well, but what happens is New Jack is on the bottom. Vic is on the top. So when they fall, 
they completely missed the tables. Land on concrete, and when New Jack lands, 350-something pounds, Big Grimes lands on this motherfucker's head. He permanently loses vision in the left eye for the rest of his life, and he has brain damage, and he has brain fluid coming out of his ears, and he didn't know who he was, he said, for like six months. Smells like bananas. <laughs> this uh. motherfucker. And so about a year and a half later, when... ECW's gone. Now they're in XPW. They do a scaffold match. <laughs> now, if you watch the, the Dark Side of the Ring episode on New Jack, you already know this story. This is hilarious. Fucking New Jack goes to the pawn shop earlier that day and gets yeah. a fucking, and gets a stun gun. <laughs> they're up on the fucking, they're up on the fucking scaffold. Yeah. New Jack. Stuns it. Now, if you watch the match, you can see him pull out of his pants. Fucking shocks the shit out of him. Fucking throws the teaser. <laughs> then he goes, Jack, I can't feel my legs. But don't worry, you ain't gonna need them. Yeah. He just fucking takes them and throws them, bro. He misses basically all... Dude, it's like Humpty Dumpty falling off that wall, yeah, bro. Yeah. If you... I swear to God, I wish we could pull, pull up the clip, bro. Watching Vic Grimes fall, bro, it surprises me that this motherfucker only suffered, I think he, like, broke a rib or a leg or something. And New Jack, but it's so funny, because he's like, Jack, I can't feel my legs. New Jack, you ain't gonna need him. <laughs> Original gangster, straight up. You know what I'm saying? R.I.P. to New Jack, shout out to New Jack, last couple of months of his life, one of the coolest people I ever got to chop it up with for a little bit. Over Messenger, his old lady, Miss Jack, as I like to call her. She's one of the nicest people in the world. Uh, I talk to her on Instagram all the time. She follows me. Um, fucking, uh, a year before New Jack died, I actually ordered his book. I got an autographed book and an autographed picture. And fucking, I saved the envelope because where the, the return address is, is another signature. So yeah, fucking so Jack. He's definitely one of the cool. His wife told me he used to stand in line for hours at the post office, dude, to mail all, all this shit out. Yeah, he's a good doogie. I I, yeah. I wish I got the action figure. But I wish I would. No, you can't get a New Jack action figure. I don't think it's too good. If you're gonna get a New Jack action figure, you should get the New Jack Micro Brawler. You can still get it. I got it after he got it on pre order. I remember correctly. Huh? I think he was selling an action figure. Yeah, he, 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 yeah, but that line of action figures is so terrible, bro. Oh, yeah. So terrible. <laughs> so terrible. But his his original action figure, the uh, ECW San Francisco Toymakers action figure that came out in 99, he's wearing a, the Nolan the Soldier shirt, which is funny because he always used to wear Tupac. But they couldn't use Tupac, so they went... They're like, oh, WCW was doing it back in the day. Oh. Apparently, it was just funny. New Jack was supposed to be a part of that whole thing, but WCW was too scared to sign him. That, he's that, one of the... that was after the mass transit incident when he cut the kid open. Wow, I was going to get into that. Yeah, yeah. That's local to me. Eric Kulas. Yeah. R.I.P. The kid died, apparently. Well, trauma. He died of trauma. No, he died of... No, he died of... Um, oh, yeah, by the way, shout out to the trauma mamas, man. They're cool chicks. Right up. They really are. They're cool chicks. They really are. They're 
That's we cool. got down with them on the 420 show. Yeah. Go check that out, by the way. That was pretty, you know, Billy was fucking high as fuck, dude. It was yeah. anybody out there that like marijuana stuff, marijuana leaf smoking and such. Get, yeah, marijuana out, leaf smoking and such. You know, check out the Boombastics 420 Smokeout Show 2023. Yeah. Can be found on the Patreon page. Fucking five hours, bro. Five. Yeah, dude. four. I, a little under five. I think it was like four and some change. Well, for me, it was like two or three. It was a journey three. time. You know, I came in an hour after it started, but it was still some good time, man. Met some cool people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which only four going for a little bit of time. Well, no, you told me to come in at two, motherfucker. You, you, you're pulling the curtain back too deep, too far. Oh, I got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kayfabe, bro. Kayfabe. Kayfabe it up. Yeah, but yeah, I was going to bring up New Jack's mass transit deal where he, he cut, carved that deal right. a little bit. So let's, all right. Let's go into the backstory on this a little bit. You know what I'm saying? All right. So this kid, 17 years old, wrestled with these midgets, these two midget brothers, right? They were doing indie shows where he would, he would wrestle as this big, huge, fat bus driver gimmick, mass transit. Yeah. And uh, he fucking would wrestle these midgets. So fucking, uh, it was an ECW show where Axel Rotten, who was supposed to team up, who, by the way, RIP Axel Rotten. Uh, fucking, he, uh, it seems like we're always saying that now. Every time we talk about fucking ECW guys, especially. Like they die or something, yeah. <laughs> but apparently he was supposed to uh, team with Dean Ron Dudley against the gangsters, me, Jack, Mustafa. Uh, the, uh, fucking Axel Rotten couldn't make it. So, Paul this kid came up to him, lied, basically, said he had years of, uh, three years experience. He was trained under Killer Kowalski. Um, he was local in. to the area. Who and is the local mi- to the area? Yeah, and the midget, oh, by the way, R.I.P. to Killer. Yeah, uh, fucking, uh, the black midget who was known to Paul Heyman and known around, you know, wrestlers and shit, he, uh, lied for the kid and said, oh, yeah, he's fucking over 18, whatever, da, 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 and he's been wrestling for years. So this kid gets an okay to be in the card. Uh, he goes to New Jack, tries to tell New Jack what he wants to do. New Jack's like, no. But then he tells New Jack, I want to get some color, but I don't want to do it. Keith. He's like, hell yeah, I'll cut the shit out of you. You know? <laughs> he said it to himself, basically, and whatever. Yeah. So... Fucking, they get into the match. They throw Devon. No, you can find this match on YouTube. It's a fan cam, but you can still find it. Uh, they throw Devon right out of the ring. Which, right away, as soon as they throw Devon out, <laughs> they tell Devon, stay down. And the, the gangsters go to whooping. I mean, bro, I, and wrestling is supposed to be choreographed. And it's supposed to be, you know, you're not supposed bro. <laughs> They're smashing this kid in the head with fucking toasters, fucking chairs, bro. They're fucking whooping this kid. This kid, he's a minor, by the way. He's yeah. 17 years old. Remember that? Yeah. They're whooping this kid's ass. They don't know he's 17. Meanwhile, if you listen real closely, you can hear his dad screaming in the crowd, ring the fucking bell. Where's the ref? He's 17. Next thing you know, New Jack grabs, grabs a scaffold. Tries to fucking dig him. He doesn't bleed at first. So this time he, he does it a little harder. 
Oh, yeah. He said, this shit was skeeting out of his head. He said, it was skeeting. <laughs> That's what he said. He said, this shit was skeeting. Right? So, next thing you know, New Jack goes on the top rope. He said he was high as fuck on coke. He gotta be, yeah. He goes on the top rope with a chair. Probably one of the worst chair shots I've ever seen in wrestling. Because that shit was not, bro. <laughs> bro, he swung, lands full force with the chair on his face. <laughs> Meanwhile, the blood's just skeeting. It's, yeah. it's like a movie deal, bro, where they're hitting a button and the blood's just... Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So the next thing, there, yeah. the next, you know, he, 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 the medics, the female medics in the ring trying to, you know, do the thing. New Jack grabs a mic, stands on the kid's chest with one foot, and says, I hope this fat motherfucker dies because I don't give a fuck. Throws the mic down and they leave. The match never really officially started anyway. New Jack was just so pissed off that this motherfucker had the balls to come to him and say, can I put you through a table or whatever. Whatever he said. Right. So, next thing you know, New Jack gets arrested for, like, a felony assault with a deadly weapon. Goes to court with this guy. Fucking, apparently when they got to the back, fucking, uh... The kid's dad was calling New Jack the N-word and fucking end this and that, yeah. whatever. So apparently when they went to court, there was all white jury except for one little old black dude. A little black dude is what saved New Jack from yeah. fucking going to prison behind that shit. Yeah. <laughs> going by, and then the kid tried to say, oh, I have fucking severe nerve damage. Motherfucker, you lied about your age. That was the technicality yeah. that got him off, right? I mean, come on. Yeah, yeah like, come on, bro. Of course you got nerve damage. You got sliced with a fucking surgical scaffold in a wrestling match. Dude, that trauma is probably, because that trauma mom is probably uh, worse than any physical. I'm sure oh, that dude's had many a nightmares waking up in his bed thinking he was in the Oh, right yeah. And then he <laughs> died. I think he died uh, about maybe five Five to ten years later, or something. Uh, five ten years ago, of uh, complications from gastric bypass surgery. He was trying to have that band surgery or whatever, and fucking he died. New Jack was but, trying to help him with the surgery before he could tell. Yeah, and New Jack's he, like a dog where he can smell. He asked him when he found out he died. He goes, "I ain't give a fuck." Yeah, motherfucker tried to put me in prison. <laughs> I ain't give a fuck. But speaking of New Jack, real quick, yeah. there was another dude. And now this wrestling event, if you watch the Dark Side of the Ring and you watch this match, yeah. there's nobody in this fucking crowd, bro. Gypsy Joe. New Jack versus Gypsy Joe. Yeah. Gypsy Joe, at the time, 70-something-year-old fucking German, uh, fucking, uh, journeyman fucking wrestler, fucking tough as nails, fucking, bro, he starts no-selling New Jack. Yeah. Fucking New Jack is supposed to start beating this old man with a bat. Like, yeah. oh, he was beating. And then the people in the crowd started yelling the N word at New Jack. So he just started whooping his ass, picked up a whole row of chairs, throwing on them. Fucking New Jack was going off. And then a couple years after that, at another shitty fucking indie show that had barely nobody in there, it looked like the coronavirus came back then and wiped out the fucking shit even back then. Yeah. He goes in the ring, and just because this guy again comes and tells him what he wants to do, he tries to handle New Jack in the ring, working stiff with him. Yeah. New Jack pulled a knife out of his pants, starts stabbing the motherfucker, bro. Stabbed him 17 fucking times. The and then how, 
and how he got out of that one was the guy comes to visit him in jail. It's like, Jack, I'll drop the charges, and we'll take this shit everywhere all over Florida. You know, Red's looking for new Jack. And make it. He's like, all right, but you got to drop, drop the charges first. Drop the charges. He put all his shit in stories, and that's Florida. <laughs> I tell you, dude, people don't, they don't, they, I don't, they don't quite, some people do, but most don't appreciate the fact that they were living during the time of New Jack, who's will we'll go down as the most gangster, most brother. I mean, what people don't understand about New Jack is New Jack couldn't wrestle. Yeah, just yeah. because he didn't didn't mean doesn't mean he couldn't. He was trained by Ray Candy. If anybody knows who Ray Candy is, that's the man who trained New Jack. New Jack can have he's the guy that old Candyland and uh, oh, yeah, yeah, Jack, yeah. Right? He had the little. He's the only little black figure in the Candyland box back in the day. Uh, a little racist, but uh, I don't know. He had a white hood on for some reason. I don't know. It was, uh, must have been cold. I'm uh, But anyway, fucking yeah. uh, New Jack could wrestle, and in SPW one time he had a wrestling match. <laughs> New Jack can wrestle. And there's another incident. I mean, I found out years later it wasn't really an incident. It was a work. There was this tag team that was calling themselves um, the American Gangsters. Yes. And they and it was this little shitty show that they did at some dive bar. Like, really fucking trashy looking. Yeah. Anyway, look this shit up, dude, on YouTube. New Jack basically gutted this. I mean, dude, there was blood all over the ring at the end of the dude. Blood all over the ring. And bro, people are fucking looking around like, what the fuck? Yeah. At the end, bro, motherfucking faces are like, did we just witness an attempted murder? And then years later, I find out that after the show, they're all in the back. And Jack's like, yo, that's what's up. They all took pictures and shit. Like, yeah, bro. But they he whooped these kids. Bro, and they were fucking, I'm telling you, bro. Go back and fucking, bro. Go back and watch that shit. Go on YouTube and Check out New Jack, the American Gangsters incident. And first time you watch it, look at it like I didn't just tell you everything I told you. Yeah. And then you tell me if you don't think that that was legit as fuck. If you don't, if, if he didn't just commit felonious assault, like that's legit what that looked like, bro. That wasn't a wrestling match. That was a fucking, you know. I mean, back in the day when he used to do that, when there was thousands of people in the building, I got it. When he did Bro, it was like fucking 20 people in his bar. Mm. There's a ring in the middle of his bar. And he's doing this hardcore wrestling shit. 2010. You know what I'm saying? Like, bro, by that time, that shit wasn't cool anymore. You know what I mean? I didn't even like it at first. I remember thinking that ECW was trash. Yeah. At first. Because I was... was, Jerry Springer. I was born... I was born and bred... A WWF guy. Yeah. Even when I started watching WCW, I was oh, WWF was all I knew for the longest time. Yeah. Then you got people trying, and then WWF started copying ECW. What do you think in the big in the big at the big show, the WWF? We got a lot of truly horrifying ECW moments. What do you think the most horrifying moment? And WWF, there's two that come to me. There's only, there's only one. Involves if we're talking person. WWF, because I don't really count WWF and WWE as the same company anymore. Because to me, they're two different things. Well, but to me, the, the, the most horrifying WWF 
WWE would have nothing offense. Now, are we talking about legit occurrence? Like, like violence, like unsettling violence. Okay, so we're not talking about like Owen Hart's death. We're talking about no, like, like, like okay. planned uh, unsettling violence. For me, the first thing I ever saw that shot the shit out of me was when Hawk of the Legion of Doom got pushed off the Titantron by Draws. Okay. That was the first time I ever was like, what the fuck was that? Like, or maybe the same year when the Undertaker cut his wrist and bled into a chalice and made Midian drink it. That was a tough one. I remember that. That, that my mom almost didn't let me watch wrestling anymore. That never had a lot of wild shit to it. Yeah, but that's a, that's a result of ECW. Without ECW, you would have never seen the attitude. It just like the hell, hell in the cell. You know, and that, people try to credit Stone Cold with it. No, no, they try to credit Stone Cold with it. No, because if you didn't credit anybody in that kind of way, Shawn Michaels right away. Yeah, he was the attitude. If you go even further, Roddy Piper. Pipe, that's my dude. You know what I'm saying? Like. Roddy Piper at one time was the most over villain <laughs> in wrestling. Mickey yeah. Foley became Hollywood hardcore, so to speak. And yeah, but he was doing B movies. The only movies he, the only movie he ever did that was ever worth a damn, in my opinion, was They Live. Well, I mean, like he came from that Japanese style, and then he came to the forefront of being known as the hardcore icon of the big show of you know WWF. WWE. Yeah. yeah, well he yeah, but he came from the WWF. And yeah. then he went and did he went and did they live. No, that's he, Piper. You're talking about pipes. I was talking about talk- Foley for a second. Uh, who? But Mickey Foley. Oh Foley? Foley did I would he he's a dude I would equate to that question about the violence. Oh now if I, we want to talk about I Mick think Foley, of Hell in the Cell. The most vi- well, I can give you one further than that. I can give you nineteen ninety four Japan versus Big Big Van Vader, when he went and did the hangman spot and he ripped his ear off. That was a big deal, that, though. That, that was a big one. That's on just, there. Just like in Japan with Vader fucking versus Stan Hansen. Stan Hansen, who was blind and really couldn't see shit without his glasses, so he was pretty stiff. He was throwing closed punches at Vader. Yeah. Then po- he accidentally poked him in the eye with his thumb, popped his eye out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vader had to pop his eye back in. Even the uh, even that I Quit match he had with The Rock, I thought it was pretty violent at the time. Oh, my God. That's because he got hit in the head six extra times. Uh, a bunch. And yeah, you fucking and, annihilated him. With and, that, and, and his poor kids and wife. Were that was phone. a weird. I wonder if that was a McMahon idea or what, because no, that, that did add drama. Well, well they didn't. Which is kind of crazy to sell the family down the river for it. They, didn't, bit, they didn't know that that was going to happen because if you watch Beyond the Mat. If, I think no, did. the family didn't know because if you yeah. watch Beyond the Mat, as soon as the chair shot's happening, the wife and the kids get up and they leave. The kids are fucking crying. Oh, he, it's horrifying. Fucking Mick Foley did not know that he was going to get hit in the head that many times. Oh, he really? did not know that. The, the shots to the back of the head should have never happened. That, dude, that was some vicious. I remember that being very violent. That uh, watching that, bro, that was one of those fuck, but bro, this, I remember that. silence in my house that night when The Rock. I knew first of all when Mick Foley said I quit. I knew that was a recording. As soon as he they said it fun- before, it is promo, yeah. 
I knew it was real quick. I quit. I quit. I quit. It sounded, it sounded just like his promo. And it I'm was like, his promo, yeah. I, that's what I'm saying. It was like, well, so how the hell are they going to try to make people believe? But I'll tell you what, that led, that led into one of the coolest things that I ever saw at that point. The empty arena match, the halftime heat, fucking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, The Rock really showed his fucking true character personality and fucking that he could be funny. And if, I mean, dude, when he, <laughs> you know, he fucking, like, when he threw the sock into the oven or yeah. when he fucking was eating the popcorn while he was whooping his ass, like, too yeah. much salt. Yeah, it was a good look for him, for sure. Yeah, and then he fucking picked up the phone. He's like, yeah, SmackDown Hotel. He's like, oh, man, comes out here. He's too busy with the wrong foot in his face. Is mankind the most important thing to ever happen to Rocky Maivia in the Rock's career? No, that's Stone Cold. You still think Stone Cold more more important? Even though he took the worst stunner of all Because the Rock made Mick Foley more of a star than Mick Foley made the Rock. I mean, that, 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 the Rock Mankind thing goes back to September 98 before the Rock even became the champion for the first time. They're, they're linking up kind of, like you were saying, brought in that, the charismatic. For me, Mick Foley is more linked with Triple H. He's more, that feud where he made Triple H pretty much the guy, even though Triple H was already the guy. Yeah. Um, that's more of what defines Mick Foley. Mick Foley's tag team with The Rock, The Rock, The Rock and Star Connection. Hell yeah! Now that is one of the biggest parts of Mick's career. But what he's known for is simply one thing: <laughs> the Hell in a Cell. That's and everybody always remembers the first, the first spot. Yeah. When he gets thrown out the cage, but they don't remember. Yeah, or do they talk about the second, the choke slam through the cage, which wasn't supposed to happen? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because yeah. he, they thought he was dead, and Undertaker wrestled that match with a broken ankle. Yeah. You yeah. know, I've, I've recently seen the clip of the fucking McMahon with blown out his quads running down to the ring. Oh my god, dude. I that mean, was floating around it just that. happened to Shane at WrestleMania. The same fucking he came out. He did that whole long walk to the ring. He gets in the ring. He starts going, going, going. He does a leapfrog. He lands, tears his quad. Yeah. Fucking like yeah. And then they have to imp- improvise, so they tell Snoop to fucking hit the mids and hit the people's elbow. The uh, the McMahon one's crazy because he's running down there like no issue. Then he just smacks the mat. Oh, and apparently he walked. Backstage, really? Yeah, it looked like he, he could have walked when. No, if you watch, bro, if you watch the yeah. end of that pay per view when 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 Batista throws John Cena over, you'll see McMahon standing there holding his jacket. Really? They say he didn't collapse until he got backstage. Oh, but he fuck. walked backstage. My goodness. Hmm. I mean, Triple H, when he tore his quad the first time, he finished the match. Yeah, I remember him walking out off. And he, and he even allowed Chris Jericho, after he tore his quad, he allowed Chris Jericho to still put him in the fucking off the Jericho back. on the table with a torn quad. Sacrifice for the, for the sport. Well, that's why Triple H is who he is. Who he is I mean, now, yeah. 
I mean, Triple H to me will always be. I mean, dude, he was a big part of my childhood growing up. From the fucking blue blood to the fucking degenerate to the game, he fucking he fucking and my and tell you the truth, my favorite time with Triple H is ninety nine to two thousand one. Yeah, yeah, that's when he was legit badass. No, he was kicking it. Break the walls down. So. You can't talk about injuries in wrestling without bringing up the Sid Vicious. When he oh popped God. his leg, dude, that was, I remember oh the footage God. of that was horrifying. That's a, that, I'll never forget. That, that's another thing where, like, wow, back then you never saw that in wrestling. Yeah. And I can't even remember a time after that. I mean, I've seen that in MMA, obviously, with, you know, yeah, yeah. a few times since. But I never seen that in pro wrestling since. Blown right up inside. And I and I remember thinking, I've never seen Sid in his entire career before then ever go off a rope, ever. That's why probably he never. But he and from what I've heard, he didn't want to do that spot. He was he was forced into doing it. I believe that he was afraid to do it. And I'll never forget watching because back then we didn't get pay per view. But if you if you put the channel on, it was scrambled. Yes. But you could still hear what was going on. So in right. a way, it was kind of like listening to the radio. And then every once in a while, it would like kick into where, yeah, it looked funny, but it was clear enough to where you could see what was going on. And for a long time, that's how I watched the shit. You know? Because even though it was scrambled, you could still see what, you could still hear it. You I remember I mean? thinking he was embarrassed because he's officially old. You know what I mean? Just never forget the night it happened, bro. And then the next night when they played that shit on Nitro, I just couldn't believe it because there was no way people were trying to say, oh, that, oh, that couldn't be. No, there's no way you could fake that. You can't fake that. And his shit broke, literally broke off in his boot. Now imagine taking that off. Imagine. The person that had his to, face. If you look at his face, you can tell that's real. And then you see Scott Steiner, he doesn't know what to do, so he just keeps stomping him. Like, what am I supposed to do? Like, you know? Big Papa Pump don't play, that's why. You know? But I'm trying to think, like, there's, um, I'm trying to think of other instances like that, but I can't ever think of anything that was that bad. You know what I'm saying? Like oh, that. Oh, Except for, I got one for you. Here's one that's probably, you probably don't even know about. Yeah. I want to say 2006, maybe. This it was a triple threat. Oh. My boy my. Joe Mercury, homie. Wow. How'd you know where I was going, bro? I know what the fuck's going on, brother. Dude, his face flapped up like a fucking, oh, a pot, yeah. like a curtain. No, his whole shit was fucking, boop. Like, dude, I'll never forget that. That was the worst. That was no one of the worst things I ever seen, bro. Because yeah. that ladder split his shit. And you never saw the teeter-totter spot again. You never saw it again. But that's, yeah, what? When the fucking, they hit it on one side, frame out there. and tire The other side. yeah. Clipped him in the face. That was one of the hardest major things in the ladder matches that they used to do. And you never saw it again after that. <laughs> Yeah, that's a. Uh, and, I, and I believe he retired for a long time after that too. He, he and then he. I mean, he didn't start. I didn't see him wrestle again until he was uh one of Seth Rollins' fucking dudes, and he, him and uh, 
Jimmy Noble with tag team for a little bit, and he was bald by then. But I was ba- I was barely hanging on to wrestling at this time. I do remember that <laughs> happening. Yeah. 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 Uh, Fucking. Oh yeah, that was about to end when I was watching it weekly too. It was around that time too. Yeah. Uh, I you're couldn't a, stand it no more. We got one Sting tore his knee. You remember that one? Oh. That was a vicious one, too. No, nah, you're talking about with Seth Rollins? That wasn't his knee, boy. That was his neck. That buckle bomb. That's why Sting had to retire for a fucking a little bit. Because no, that buckle with bomb. Flair. With Flair, the four horsemen. Oh, oh, you're talking about NWA. Okay. Dub C Dub. Well, it was before it was WCW. The original NWA, yeah. Yeah, that's way back in what ninety, early in that or maybe yeah, true fact, yeah. maybe late eighty nine. A torn patella, a torn patella won, tendon. He won the title the following July at Great American Bash ninety, and that was when he came back to ninety two. Yeah. yeah, when he was in the cage. Dude, I love old school cage matches, man. That WWF blue cage, I see that and it makes me feel warm and fuzzy. Makes my dick hard, don't it? Yeah. Makes my fucking, makes my pajama get wet. My favorite blue cage, <coughs> my favorite <coughs> match. <coughs> and I can't even say <coughs> that it's a specific one. Yeah. Because Hulk Hogan and the Big Boss fan, every time they did a cage match, they did the same match. Right. The right. same match. If you watch, uh, there's one match you can find. It's Madison Square Garden. WrestleMania two or three? No, it's right. It's right before WrestleMania five. It's right before WrestleMania five. It's uh, Hulk Hogan versus the Big Boss Man in the blue cage at Madison Square Garden. And if you take that match and you watch it split screen with that Saturday night night main event cage match that they did sometime after WrestleMania. Same match, spot for spot, same match. Wasn't that one the one where they did it? In, they did it in like an event in two different places, a WrestleMania in two different oh, places. Oh, well, no, no, that was WrestleMania too. That was Hulk Hogan and King Kong Bundy. Yes, that's what it was in the cage. Yeah. Makes sense. One of the worst WrestleManias of all time. And I met King Kong Bundy. Oh, I, you know, he was the inspiration for why. The name Bundy was Al and Peg Bundy's last name in American yeah. Children. Because he was a huge King That's why King Kong Bundy was on the show. Yeah. Because he was a huge King Kong Bundy fan. Bundy had a, he's been in a bunch of movies too. Oh yeah, he, that's why he retired because he was trying to become an actor. That's why he didn't good. come back until 95. I remember thinking it was a whole different dude. He looked so different when he came back. I remember thinking it was a whole different guy. Dude, he's, me and King Kong Bundy was big, was big for me as a kid. I got a picture floating around there somewhere with him. Yeah, rest in peace. He was, and he my was favorite King Kong, one of my favorite King Kong Bundy moments is uh, the original JCW Volume One. Fucking yeah. over that shit, bro. Well, he did. Yeah, but, but I the picture I have with him, I'm wearing a Ringmaster ICP shirt, <laughs> and he, we were talking about how we just seen the clowns and they got a big tour bus. Because he was just just in JCW with them, which was cool. I, I'll tell you what. The gathering was cool, but I used to hate those wrestling shows. The, my, the best gathering was they the year so Films was there. They were so sad, though. They were so sad. But the wrestling not. shows? Yeah, they were so sad. But the gathering? Yeah, and the only reason why I say that is just because when I'm watching guys yeah. that I've watched my whole life, 
wrestle in front of a bunch of people that really don't even give a shit. Yeah. And that are so fucked up by that point that they don't even understand what's going on. When I, I, like, I, I just, it makes me sad. I was talking to somebody recently about this. Maybe it's a, I like, I really like those small high school shows a lot. Like I dig those when they, when the people come back and they're signing autographs and they're standing in the ring or they're managing cause they're too old to like, you know, really get into it. I still <laughs> dig that. I, I would choose almost the high school event over a big stadium. I, I've been wrestling. To, in 2002, I went to a lot of them and my favorite one of all time was when I got to meet, uh, Hector Guerrero. Yeah. Barry Horowitz, who to me Hell is yeah. one, of the, one of the greatest enhancement talents of the 80s. I agree, I agree. Um, and mean Mike Enos, who is also known through his time in WCW and WWF. WWF, he was part of the Beverly Brothers. Correct. Yeah, Mike Enos, I got to fucking meet him. The genius managed them, right? Yeah, Lanny Paso, RIP, man. He just passed. Yeah. Can't believe that still, bro. Yeah, those wrestling shows I love because ever since a kid going to them, and I met all the. I cool mean, I got people. to meet the Bushwhackers, dude. All the, yeah, I've met Bushwhackers before too. Chris Hamill, Nyhart, Brutus Beefcake, a Walter Warrior, Honky Tonk Man. These dudes wrestled at WrestleMania. Yeah, you know what I'm saying, dude. And I'm, even back then, I'm thinking like these dudes. These dudes wrestled at WrestleMania. Huge support. Huge. I got to see a cage match. And one of these fucking high school shows, man. I I, I actually won free tickets to that show because I remember went to Win Dixie that day, and they were doing this drawing that you win free tickets. I didn't even know what was going on. I just happened to be wearing an NWO shirt. Yeah. Fucking. Well, if anybody out there hosts wrestling shows, get involved with Wrestle Champs. We're all about it. We're all about hell it. yeah, yeah. All about the guests. We'll come do commentary for the for the matches. We'll come do what we will talk about your events. I'll 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 uh, we'll get your own episode. You'll be, we'll be killing. Oh uh, yeah, oh uh, yeah. But uh, I took a, I took a picture with these guys. Yeah. Um. Put my name in the box. Went went back to my godmother's house. About six hours later, I got a call said I won the ticket. Oh yeah, that shit was cool as fuck. My mom went with me. I remember that. My mom went with me. And I got to see a cage match. And I remember my mom was so freaked out because that shit was bloody as fuck. And yeah, yeah, fucking, it was cool getting to see a cage match. You know what I mean? Up until that point, I'd never been to a WWE show. The only WWE show I have ever been to live, actually, was in 2005. I went to a mat, I went to an event and fucking, it was cool. I got to see guys like Rob Van Dam and Kane and Triple H and the Big Show and we, I had seen John Cena versus Ed so many times that year that when they came out, after they came out, we left. <laughs> we were like, all right. Because, dude, it's not as much fun when you're there live, bro. Because, you, you know, especially if you're like me, you have to be in a wheelchair. Motherfuckers, like, stand up in your way and, you know, yeah. shit like that. So, if you ain't got good seats, that shit ain't fucking, you know. Well, I noticed what... I went to a W. I went to a SmackDown, maybe like uh, back when NWO came to WWE and two thousand two. Was there? I went there and uh, they they had a gag where like <clears throat> Stone Cold had like a big net gun and he shot it on NWO in the ring. I don't know if you remember that gimmick. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. But they, had, they did it. They had to do it like three or four times. No, originally that was supposed up. to be Hogan. 
Huh? That was supposed the original plan was Hogan and Austin at WrestleMania. I believe, yeah. Thank God it was the Rock. Thank God it turned into the Rock. So I tell you, dude, the Rock takes the worst stunner of all time. I can't. To me, that's the best. No, that to me, that's the best. That's to the me, fucking worst. To me, that's stunner. the greatest. To me, that's the greatest. I hate that stunner so he much. He does that same flip. If you watch, there's a video on YouTube where he every stunner he's ever taken, he's fucking done that. Because he's so energized. He's so electrified by the moment that he can't, like, contain himself. You know, know, the people's elbow originally started because The Rock was trying to break The Undertaker. He was trying to make The Undertaker laugh. Oh, really? He spent years trying to get The Undertaker to laugh in the ring. And (laughs) fucking, that's how the the people's elbow started. And, yeah, they could never break him. They could never break him. Funniest thing was when they tried to get him to do the Stern Rooney. That, you know, and he's like, Vince, I know you sh- I know you sent them out here. And you know, good damn well, I ain't doing this Stern Rooney. <laughs> well, Taker, man, did he officially retire or is he still floating around? No, nah, he's officially retired. I mean, he, he legitimately last. Well, before his uh, cinematic match, yeah, with AJ Styles a couple years ago, he his last two matches before that were fucking completely horrible. The match with Goldberg, you know, mm-hmm. they both almost killed each other, and then the match with Roman Reigns that was originally meant to be his retirement because he left his hat, and his coat in the ring. It was and his gloves that was originally meant. WrestleMania Thirty Three was originally meant to be his. And he was supposed to be done. Yeah. But he um, decided that he was going to make up. Because if you watch that documentary on the Peacocks. Yeah. Uh, the Last Ride. He watches that match. And you can see where he's totally. Okay, I can't I can't let that be my last. Yeah. Not um, I know I had no business in the ring. And originally, it was supposed to be he trained for a 40-minute match with AJ Styles at WrestleMania, and then COVID happened. So they turned it into a cinematic deal, and it turned into the Boneyard match. And he, that night, he wasn't the dead man. He was a hybrid between the dead man and the American badass. And probably a bad idea. No, it actually was a good idea. The, the storyline was AJ Styles calling him Mark uh, and talking about his wife. Mm. You know, so it was a little, so you can't have the phenom, the dead man, dealing in realistic shit. You, can, you know what I mean? So he came, he basically wasn't the Undertaker. He was basically Mark Calloway. Yeah. You know what I mean? He was himself. And. Originally, the American Badass idea was for an idea if he went to WCW. Because Kevin Nash in 1998 was trying to get The Undertaker to go to WCW. Mm. And he couldn't be The Undertaker. You know, there was no way for him to be The Undertaker. So they came up with the idea for him to be a biker. You know, come in as Mark Calloway and be be the biker and be a biker. So when he got injured and went away, when he came back in 2000, he put a new twist, and he came back as the Undertaker, but now he was a biker, and I hated it at first. Yeah. I couldn't stand it. I could not stand it. I, like, how is he the Undertaker? Like, 
you know. Right. He wanted that, a new friend. Yeah. Refer- and then he cut his hair like a year later. Next thing you know, he cuts his hair. He was and, trying to find his identity. Always. No, the American Badass eventually became cool. After a while. Eventually became cool. Because they allowed him to be himself. Yeah. But after years, for 10 years seeing The Undertaker, and only knowing The Undertaker, I mean, it, you know, it was weird to see him be a normal person. You know, cause for, as a kid, he you really thought he was Frankenstein or some shit. Oh, yeah, dude. He was scary, like we're talking about. And, and, as heard- he, and as his career went on, as the 90s went on, he even got even scarier. You know what I mean? Like, it, like he, everything he did was so zombie-like, you know? Well, speaking of Taker, you know, I remember him, and he gave Shawn Michaels back injury with, with Taker. Oh, the backdrop on the casket, backdrop, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and, and the thing about it was he got up and he finished that match. You know what I mean? He finished that match, and he said he woke up the next day, and he just couldn't move, you know? But that's... That, that's just Shawn Michaels, though. If you watch his match with Stone Cold at WrestleMania, yeah, you can literally see the pain that he's in. He, and he's still doing bumps, like the flip in the corner, and from the apron onto the table. And he's still doing all his crazy Shawn Michaels shit. But you can see that he's hurt. Like it, he's he's wincing. He's fuck. You know what I mean? He's yeah. You can see the whole match he's hurting. You know. He's busted. He's all busted up. What? He, I never, when he came back in 2002, I thought it was a one time thing. Yeah. And then it went from SummerSlam to Survivor Series. Now he's the world champion. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, this ain't going to last long. And he'll be gone. And then he loses the title to Triple H. And I'm like, all right, see you later, Sean. So I thought he'd be gone. I really, I, I thought that was it. The next night he came out, I'm like, oh shit. You know, and it, he stayed, he had a whole other career. <laughs> Can't keep a good you know guy I mean? down, you know what I mean? I mean, dude, it sucks when he finally did retire, but he was, he was 45 at the time, and, you know, it, it was, I mean, he got to do everything that was taken away from him, like Edge. Nobody expected Edge to fucking have a wrestle again. Yeah. Mean, he won't get 10 years like Sean did, but, he got a Royal Rumble win, a WrestleMania main event. Yeah. You know. Well, you know, Taker, you know, we talked about Hell in the Cell before with Taker and Cactus, you know, and fucking yeah. Mankind and all that shit. One of the one of those falls was planned. One wasn't, right? If I remember. Nah, the throw off keys was totally planned. But when they went back up after that spot, which nobody can really believe that, fucking went down. Those are some uh, of the most gruesome, yeah. But they went back up, and as you know, fucking now that was the original Hell in a Cell. That was the same Hell in a Cell that was used the year before with Shawn Michaels. That was the same cell. Yeah. Now, if you watch the beginning of that match, you could see them walking on the cage, and you could see um, the fucking what do you call those things? The, top, the zip ties. You could see yeah. those things popping. Everywhere, just popping. You could see him flying. So the cage was broken. Undertaker almost fell fell through right in the beginning. So they go back up after the spot through the table. It's still... Don't know how to fuck my fully got up from that. Uh, As you know, Undertaker grabs him for a choke slam. Doesn't really choke slam. Just draws him down. 
and he goes through the cage, flat on the mat. And then when he goes, when he hits the mat, the chair that was underneath him fucking hits him in the face. Knocked the tooth out, right? <laughs> through his through his nose. Flip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I tell you yeah. that that yeah, when he goes down and lands on that chair, that choke slam, that's fucking probably one of the most brutal things I've ever seen. To so, me, that was worse than him getting thrown off through the table. I agree. I agree with that. At least the table, there's some give to it. Yeah, he had a safe landing there. He didn't, you know, yeah, it must have sucked, but he was, obviously he was all good. And then they I feel like, back up. I always felt like that table had cushioning built into it extra well, for that fall. I, I don't think that, but I knew they I think do. so. I that was they, like a 30 foot fucking digger, man. That I, was, I don't, I don't think they did that then. I think that was just Mick Foley, who at the time was still, I think he wasn't even fucking 30 yet, because I know WrestleMania 2000, he was like 33. He never got into drugs, right? So he, I think he was only, no, he was, I think he was only 30 years old at the time, and I think he was just fucking crazy, and he just didn't care what he did on TV as long as he made money. And I think he was making, I think he was making enough money back then where he didn't care about anything that he did. That wasn't even the main event of that pay per view. No, no, but that that took away from the main event. Of course, dude, that 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 annihilated anything. And the funny thing about it is, both the Undertaker and Mankind were involved in the finish of that match, which was Stone Cold versus Kane for the WWF title in a first blood match. But they also incorporated the Hell in a Cell. Yeah. And if Kane supposedly lost that match, he was going to set himself on fire. Which you knew right away that Stone Cold was losing once Kane came out and his full body was covered. And, you know what I'm saying? There was literally no way for him to bleed or let it be shown. So you knew Stone Cold was losing. You didn't know how. But the shitty thing is he lost, but then he wins the title back the next night. Kane is a former WWF champion, but he's not even for a full 24 hours. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, no, I'm with you. And he looks so cool with that damn belt. Yeah. But Stone Cold was so older at that point. It was all, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll never forget going to my brother's house that year watching SummerSlam. And then later that year watching Survivor Series. And yeah, for my brother had one of black box back in the day. You know yeah, that was the deal, man. Yeah. Well, with Cactus Jack, we we touched briefly on it a little while ago, but talk about his ear getting ripped off in Germany. Oh, yeah, the hangman's. Oh, it was Germany. Where did I say? Uh, I said Japan. Japan was the uh, Stan Hansen. Germany, yeah. Germany. You said I know, Japan, but man. I think I said Japan, though. Well, because it was very deathmatch-like. That's yeah. why I probably well, anyway, it was Vader versus um, Cactus Jack. Cactus Jack. Vader, Vader is known for being... Was known for being, rest in peace, by the way. Uh, was known for being one of the fucking stiffest fucking hardcore, yeah. Fuckers in the world. Uh, anyway, so he threw Mick in and Mick wanted to go for one of his favorite spots, which is the hangman spot. Now, the hangman spots when they run and they kiss themselves between the first and middle rope and it looks like they're hanging. Now, it's totally safe. It just looks dangerous. Yeah. But the thing is, WCW didn't use ropes. They used real cords. Yeah. Their shits were actually cords. They didn't use ropes like WWF. And when he went to get out, he used so much force that he damn near ripped his entire ear off. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, 
like I said, Vader in Japan had his thumb poked, he had his eyes poked with a thumb and popped his eye out of his head. He had to push his eye back in. So, shit happens. I've seen people get hit somehow and fucking just start bleeding the hard way and, you know, I mean, Shawn Michaels, he would always try to cut himself in mid-spot. Like, he'd be going into the corner or something, and he would always cut himself so bad, and he would bleed. And, yeah. Like, that's why they stopped allowing blood, because the last match with him and Chris Jericho in 2008, he, he bled so fucking bad, and that they were like, no, no more. <laughs> yeah, they had to shut him off. No, because he bled so damn bad that they were like, nah, we're not allowing this no more. Well, that's the deal. Well, for everybody or just him? Everybody. Really? And I think, got it down, huh? And I think something had happened months before that where Bob Orton Sr. had cut himself during a spot with the Undertaker and blood on the Undertaker, and he had hep C, and Undertaker didn't know. You don't like that? Yeah, so Undertaker was very pissed about that, and I think Bob Orton. I think Bob Warren got fired for that too. So, yeah. Mark just Mark Calloway just definitely not like. Nah, he's definitely one. Of, he was definitely one of the realest guys in the business for sure. Who Taker? Yeah. Uh, you always hear stories of him being like the fucking. But there is there is dude. the occasional fucked up story. You know what I mean? There is yeah. a few out there. I haven't heard know. too many. We'll have to get into it one of these days. Yeah, there there isn't that many, but there is a few out there. There is a few. So what else we got on the list? Well, we got I, we got a few newer folks. If you want to touch on them real quick, like Wade Barrett's dislocated elbow. I don't know about that. Yeah, I didn't really know too much about him. Or Jesse Sorensen suffers a broken neck. Uh, that was all I know about that is that was a TNA pay per view. Jerry uh, Jesse Sorensen was an up and coming. He was actually yeah. one of the newest guys there. He was in this match with this dude, uh, Zima Ion, I believe his name was, and dude went, Zima Ion went for a top rope moonsault onto dude on the outside, and fucking hit, hit him with his feet, broke his neck. And then TNA fucking said they were gonna take care of the kid and wound up firing. So he sued him. Was he paralyzed? Or? I'm not too sure. I don't even really remember who he was. If they really, if they get get that way, and then fucking they say they're gonna take care of him and don't take care of him, that's kind yeah. of a bad look. I on mean, them, huh? now if we want to talk about, I mean, you probably don't know about it, but Nick Gage, uh, I know the C- name, yeah. CZW, their thing was they always used to like, use light, like to use light tubes. Yeah. Well, they were doing the uh, tournament, tournament of death, which was a CZW thing, and it was. Um, it was uh fucking Nick Gage versus Thumbtack Jack. This dude from I think Australia. Yeah. And uh Thumbtack Jack threw Nick from the ring on the outside through the light tubes. Now when the tube broke and the way it cut him, it sliced him and he just started fucking you know, he he fucking he was dead for like fucking eight minutes. Really? From loss of blood? Yeah, he was legit, yeah, legitimately dead for eight minutes. And he, and before that, he wanted to, he was like, tape that shit up. I would stuff towels in there, tape it up, you know. And then, like, nah, do nah. And then they had to fly him out there and shit because the ambulance couldn't get on the property. So they had to 
had to find out. That was kind of weird. So yeah, Nick Gage is a crazy motherfucker. That dude robbed a bank. Fuck. Nick Gage is a crazy motherfucker. Fuck, he fought uh, David Arquette in a fucking deathmatch. He's going, he's going after New Jack's crown, dude. Matter of fact, because of Dark, uh, Dark Side of the Ring, Nick Gage had an awesome year that year. He, he, we he, got an episode. Yeah, he, he probably made he probably made the most money he ever made in his entire life because of that episode. It was his year. It was probably his I mean, year. I, I remember he was on AEW that year. He was fucking. He worked everywhere. He fucking you know. He, I mean, like I said, this is a dude that legitimately robbed the bank. No mask. Just went up in there and robbed the bank. On dark he, side, gave him the push. That's all you need. Shit, you know, last stuff we're gonna talk about our fucking big fan of the show. Uh, one one of the one of my one of both probably both of our favorite managerial types. Put him on the mic, you'll get what you like. Jim Cornette, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. uh, we talking about when he fell from the scaffold, the knee and injury. blew his knees out. Yeah, yeah, yeah Starcade '86. Yeah, yeah. Night Express Road he War. Fell, he fell and blew both his knees out. Yep. That was a that was a distance. He didn't want to do it, but you got to do it. This can fall too. If you watch that shit, you could literally see where he fucks up. Yeah, well, I gave yeah. He wasn't he prepared. Been, he should have never been up there. I mean, but thank God. He, I mean, Jim Cornette to me. A lot of people don't like Jim Cornette, but I love him, man. Yeah. And, I, and I think he's a national treasure. He is. But back then, he fucking he shouldn't have been up there. I met Jim Cornette at a Boston Fan Fest. Oh, yeah? Yeah, unfortunately, I can't say we became friendly after. That would have been nice. But there was no bad. It wasn't a bad really a, He's not really a friendly person, bro. Oh, I know. I know the deal. I was happy with what I got. I was very happy yeah. with what I got out of the, you know, interaction. But, yeah, I remember that was that, that was some devious stuff, you know, Brad blowing his knees out. I know, I know they talked about that. They talked about that, I think, on a Dark Side episode. Uh, or something that got detailed into it, and they re- he retold the story. He's got a good podcast too. Oh yeah, Cornette's been in the podcast. I don't, I don't like the dude that he, I don't like this dude that he does it with, bro. <laughs> yeah, I go back. I don't steadily listen to it, but it's always entertaining. Whenever something big happens in wrestling that I care to hear about, I usually check in his show for his. Well, show. apparently there's this chick that used to. I was just listening to it before. Yeah, apparently there's this chick. That uh, used to work for TNA, and I guess she was developmental for WWE for a while, and she dated Kurt Angle for a while. This black chick, Rocka Khan, uh, apparently she's suing like a bunch of people for conspiracy to like kidnap her and her kids. Like, bro, this chick is delusional. Like, there's so many people on this list, like Jim Cornette, The Rock, you never uh, know, Chris Benoit. Well, Chris Benoit's not exactly a good dude. Well, his estate, you know what I'm saying? Uh, like, like he kind of fucking, Chris Benoit has been known to kind of kidnap people and hold home, them against bro, their will. Home Depot. <laughs> home Depot. Yeah, you got an overnight job, twenty bucks an hour, dude. How can you hate on Home Depot? No, she, no, they're named in the lawsuit. It's just like the Epstein flight log. This is, this is the I don't know the guest list. Fago, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. But yeah, Cornette destroying his knees was a big one too. Oh yeah, that was that was a horrible one. Yeah, Cornette's the man, dude. I'd love to have a tennis racket signed by him with like the 
Right, yeah, he was, he was right. Thank you, fuck you, goodbye. Like, that's I his thing. I would hold on to that forever if I had that. that that's his thing. He's like, thank you, fuck you, goodbye. He's another one that when he goes, people are gonna go. There'll never be another Joe Cornette. Yeah, but the yeah, but they trust me. There'll be a lot of happy people. There'll be a lot of happy folks. See, there'll he's be a lot he's of like, happy people. You know, like when wrestlers live the gimmick. Not me. I love Jim Cornette. If you haven't heard his Jim, I love it. But Jim, you're I, beloved here. Come I know on the show. I know there's a lot of people. I know there's a lot of people. Guess what? But I know he's gonna live long enough to piss on Vince Russo's grave. I know he's gonna. That's for sure. That's what he wants. I know he's gonna make it. You know why? Because he's stubborn. If Vince Russo ever pops up on this show, Jim Cornette don't have beef over it, dude. We'll get you on there too. Don't worry. It's a good thing. I don't like Vince Russo. Well, I'm middle of the road on him, and he's always welcome on Wrestle Champs, Vince. So if no, I told you. We like to talk to everybody involved with the wrestling game. Do that. Do that. No, Barry. Or so, that boy so Barry. yeah. What are we gonna? What else we got? Yeah, that's it, else? brother. That's, that's it. We're tapping it off in, they, in case we ever need to come back for like a volume two or something. Oh, okay, we're gonna top it off. All right, we're gonna top it off like a chick's asshole. All right, cool. Yeah, whoop like gasoline. We gonna top it off. I remember getting topped off was a hip hop term back in the day for an oral sex favor. Yeah, right. Getting topped off. Yeah, getting topped off. Foul yeah. world. Now what a world. What a world. So yeah, as you know, the, these injuries happen in the ring. You know, there'll be more, unfortunately, later in life. You know, it's just one of those deals. It's hard to stay away from it, especially in a wrestling, which is such a physical sport. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I guess good luck over that. You know, it's they got the paddings more. and I mean, one of, look out one, for real quick, one of, yeah. the most, one of the most recent that I remember was this dude, Neville. He was facing Chris Jericho in a match. Now, it was right before WrestleMania 32, I want to say. Yeah. Um, and Neville was supposed to be part of the Intercontinental title ladder match at WrestleMania. Uh, and then during this match, he went for a baseball slide. Just a simple baseball slide. And he fucking broke his ankle. And Chris Jericho... Recognized it right away, but the ref didn't. So right away, Jericho tried. was like, whoa, this guy can't continue. I got to do something. So he tries to antagonize the ref. Now the ref thinks that he's really fucking with him. So now they start arguing in the ring. Like, go back and watch the clip, bro. Like, they start arguing. And you can hear, like, you stupid motherfucker. He's hurt. He's hurt. And then the referee finally realizes and disqualifies Jericho, which is all Jericho was trying to do. He was just trying to get disqualified. He was just trying yeah. to change because Duke couldn't continue. And then they wound up replacing uh, Neville with Zack Ryder, which was cool because Zack Ryder had never, he, even though he had been at, he had competed at oh, WrestleMania and, and he had been around for about 10 years, he had never heard his music played at WrestleMania. So not only did he get that moment, but he actually won the match. So that was a never- nice little change. Whenever there's an injury and it's like give him a quick pin and wrap up the match, I always find that weird because like everything you've 
everything you hear about car accidents is like you don't want to be moving people around if they're in like a well yeah but it, it depends on where the injury is and how they move and like if it's a leg injury like you could put your foot on a dude's chest and count three real quick you don't yeah, have to sure. you don't have to continue stomping the dude even though you're not really stomping him you don't have to do that shit because sometimes when they do that the person on the ground that's hurt his instinct is to still you know sell you know so it's like just if it's if it's above if it's the lower extremities that are injured, just put your foot on your chest and count three real quick. Like what the yeah. fuck? Like yeah, I feel like that'd be the right. Yo, know, pulling the leg up and yanking on him I mean, and stuff like that is troublesome. Another quick one that we didn't talk about, which falls in the line of what you're talking about, in I think 1990, 90 or ninety one, uh, the Rockers. We're facing these two job job dudes, and the one dude took the rocker dropper the wrong way and became paralyzed and wound up suing. And the thing about that is, is you could tell dude was hurt because after the move, he's stiff as a board. Shawn Michaels flips him over, goes to the top rope, hits him with a fucking fist, and then pins him. That, you know, I mean, they should have known right away, dude was hurt because he was not fucking moving. And when they right. flipped him, and when he flipped him, take before he went to the top rope, dude, you could, it was like a dead body. Yeah. That, you know, and they got, and the dude, the dude's name was Chuck Austin, I believe. And fucking, he was, to this day, he's still paralyzed or he might pass away. I don't know. He might have, I might be wrong on that. But yeah, he fucking successfully sued. Wherever the money was in 1991, it's not equivalent to what it be today. So that number doesn't even matter. It's like 500 bucks in 1991. Well, I, I did know that at the time he was only making like 250 a shot. Because yeah. back then they would just pick people out of the crowd. Practically. Mass transit. You know what I mean? But yeah, that's, you know, two of the last crazy ones I can think of. Well. Everybody, make sure your boots are tight and you don't have any shirts uh, on your on your persons when you're yeah. approaching the ring. Out, you make sure the if, if you're if you ever find yourself for whatever reason set up for the tombstone, make sure the person doesn't want to have flat on their ass. Woo! That's no fun for anybody. So what's up with the next episode? What we got coming up? What's going on? I think we got some more watch along. I think we got some another watch along. I know we got Bobby Rumble ninety two. Yo. Yeah, Bobby the Brain Heenan episode is coming. It's in the works. It sucks that we, dude, speaking of Royal Rumble 92 real quick, it sucks that we can't have the commentary plan because I'll tell you what, one of the greatest nights of fucking commentary ever is the entire Royal Rumble 92 event. Yeah. <laughs> like, seriously. All but we, we will have fun dissecting that one because they're, it's a star-studded fight. You want to talk about Hall of Fame, Royal Rumble. I mean, guys like Ric Flair, Shawn Michaels, The Undertaker, Macho Man, Hulk Hogan, British Bulldog, Sergeant Slaughter, Sid Vicious, fucking Jake the Snake. All these guys are in this shit. I mean, it's one of my, it's my favorite of all time. I have such an awesome, I have such an awesome childhood memory. Of that night at my grandmother's house watching that event. And yeah, I remember crying like a girl when Hulk Hogan got thrown out. <laughs> but yeah, 
we will be. I, I think we are recording that one tomorrow. I don't know when this is coming out, but I think we are recording that. We'll one. be coming out tomorrow. But yeah, I think that's the next one. We're we're we're, we're doubling up to bring you all out there as much champion of wrestling as we can. Oh yeah, and coming soon. Yeah. Coming soon. Owen has no friends. Yep, Owen has no friends with Owen Deluso. Yeah. I like to get the fucking I like to get the fucking trauma moments on that man. It can be done very easily done. And your homegirl, your homegirl Jesse, would shout out to you. You're cool as fuck. I told her Jasmine said she was her spirit animal. Spirit animal, I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, if you watch Jasmine's face on the 420 show, you can see she was actually having fun. And that 420 show is on the Patreon page at Boombastic Streaming. She actually, Jasmine is a Patreon. <laughs> she is, and we appreciate her. Yes. And her Patreonage. She actually signed up for it. Because she wanted Welcome to watch. My heart. I cried. I had an emotional cry. It was like when Hogan took the gold. I said, <laughs> If you let you, this is Patreon video on cut, so. Jasmine, thank you very much if you're out there listening. We appreciate your support. Oh, she does listen. Hell yeah. We'll get Love her on the show one of these days. So we'll talk about the women in wrestling and get her opinion. Yeah, she won't have one. We'll write it down for her. Yeah, I'll, like, I'll, uh, I'll give her Hollywood. one. I'll give her one. <laughs> All right, fair enough, fair enough. So, folks, if you enjoyed this episode, go listen to more episodes for free wherever you listen to podcasts. If you want to check out the video of this episode, check out the Boombastic streaming Patreon page for all uncut videos of this. For a nice $5 piece a month, you can be uh, getting the big video cut. And uh, we'll get closer and closer to those Wrestle Champs championship belts, rocking them heavy, doing it big. Oh, yeah, you know the deal. More watch along coming. Owen, a lot of fun. A lot of fun. As always, brother, you know? As always. It's always fun. It's always fun getting to put the cans on again, man. You know what I mean? I heard, well, they're going to be getting more comfortable on your head. They're coming. They're coming. The rebirth is coming, I heard. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Remember, Owen has no friends. Owen has no friends. The podcast coming soon. Owen doesn't have any friends. I mean, I really don't, but. You know, we're talking about podcasts here. They're overrated, <laughs> I heard. It's, I'm told they're overrated anyway. No, I'm I'm good with the very few I have, you know. Yeah. You better to keep a closer name. And the one that I have every day. So, that's... Beautiful one. That's more than anything. And with that being said... Well, see y'all next time, motherfuckers. See y'all next time on the next episode of Wrestle Champs. Roll, Peace out. roll that beautiful intro music footage. Eight thousand about to win.